This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. Well, I have a very practical message for you this morning, because you like practical, right? Are you with me this morning? Are you sure? Okay. I, I can guarantee you this. Tell your neighbor, after today, my life will not be the same. Tell your neighbor on the other side, you can hold me to that. I don't know about you, but if you find yourself in a season where things are happening right at the moment, you won't be alone. Things are happening right now. Challenges are happening in many people's lives. So much stuff. Things that we used to take for granted. Standards and the way that we used to approach the world and life and our jobs and situations and circumstances. A lot of that stuff is in, ter- in turmoil right at the moment. And people are at a place where they're busy reevaluating situations and circumstances in their life and what constitutes the, the normalcy. If you find yourself in a challenge right at the moment, what I can tell you is this. You might be looking for God to intervene and touch your circumstance and situations, but I want you to know he'll never leave there without leaving his fingerprints all over your life. I want to speak to you about that today because the problem with it is, is sometimes what we do is we're so busy looking for God to change my circumstances and my situations, we forget about the fact that he's more interested in you. I'm looking for God to heal me, to touch me, to provide for me, for, to give me all the blessings that I need. And God says, that's fine, but I want for you to understand something. I'm more concerned about your destiny. And so, yes, I'll meet you at that place, but understand through process, you're going to change and you're not going to be the same person. When you walk out of that situation, you're going to be so thankful, not only for the fact that he met you and he was able to relieve you and provide for you and deliver you in that situation, circumstance, but because your life should be changed. You should be a different person and you will be. If you find yourself in a place right at the moment where you feel as though you're struggling with stuff and you've been quoting the word and you've been standing on scripture and you feel as though you've done all to do and yet things don't seem to be happening, I've got a message for you. If you're at a place where you're sitting saying, God, you promised me this and you promised me that and you promised me all kinds of stuff, but I find myself in a situation and I don't know what the solution is right now and I don't know why I can't see your hand and I can't see your intervention in, in what I'm going through right at the moment. This is a message for you. Won't you open your Bibles to Luke chapter 6 and verse 45. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. What is the time? Sorry. The battery died. It's nine o'clock according to my clock. I was going to say, you guys are in for a long one today. (laughs) 
There is something different about being employed by a company as opposed to being a person who built it from the ground up. You see, when you're employed by the company, they recognize your skill set and what you can contribute to it. They recognize what your history is and what your qualifications are. And what they do is they bring you into the organization to add value to it. The problem with it is you never built it from the ground up. So you really don't understand it in its entirety. If you want to do something of consequence, you've got to build it from the ground up. People who build an organization from the ground up are people who understand it innately, who understand every aspect of it. Because they've been involved in it, they might be at a, a place where it's grown into a large corporation, but they understand each detail in each facet of it. So when something starts to go wrong, they're immediately able to pinpoint what the issue is in the organization because it's a part of who I am. I built that thing from the very base all the way up. If you want to be a great sports person, you build your sportsmanship from the ground up. You don't walk on the field one day and all of a sudden people are offering you all kinds of scholarships. Why? You start off and you begin to build what that is. I have a passion for it, but your passion is not enough. You're going to have to understand that you're going to have to beat this body and get it into single file. That there's some skill sets that you're going to have to learn. Because what's going to bring you to a place of success and accomplishment is the fact that I've built it from the ground up. The same principle holds true to our relationship with God. God is going to do some stuff in our life. But the thing about it is we just want to inherit everything. We just want to lay claim to everything. And God has made provision for us to do and to walk into the fullness of grace because he loves us. But don't for a moment think that grace isn't going to have an effect on you. We have this misconception and this idea about grace that God has made full provision for everything that I need and I just click my fingers and all of a sudden stuff starts to happen. Grace is true and grace is an expression of God's love for you. But what I'm proposing to you today is that grace is a much more consequential substance because it's not just about dealing with your circumstances and situations. It's about introducing you to your destiny. Who he called you to be. Grace is going to change who you are because the whole point about grace is that I'm getting reestablished in something bigger than myself. I'm getting reestablished in truth. I'm getting my life grounded and situated, situated in Christ. I'm changing as a result of what he's provided for me. You're a new creation in Christ. That has meaning. The thing about it is I get to build it from the ground up. It's not a bad thing. It's an exciting thing. Because what God's saying is, as a new creation in Christ with regularity, I'm going to introduce you to what I've provided for you, what I have for you, all the blessings that I've provided for you. And the thing about those blessings is it's not only to walk you into the fullness of what that is, but it's designed to redesign who you are, to reshape who I am, so that I become more like him. If you want to build a structure, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to have a plan. You've got to have a plan. There is a design that comes in. The design happens before the building moves into construction. You approach the architect and he says, I'm so excited about the project. How about this as an idea? And when you've bought it, it moves on to the builder who takes it and constructs it that way. 
I want you to know something. The moment that you introduce to life with Christ, he is the author and he is the finisher. He is the architect and he is the builder. And what he's saying is, all I'm looking for you to do is to be a part of the project. If you want to know what the plan is, the plan is for you to be conformed to the image of Christ. That's your destiny. If you want to know what the plan is, it's right there in the Bible. Pick it up. You'll find out what the plan is. But the thing about it is he wants you to understand something. It's not just about him having the plan. It's also about him being the builder. He's going to do both of those jobs. And so what we need to do is we need to get to a place where we understand what it is to be able to partner with him through process. If you want to build something substantial and you want to go up, you're going to have to go down. If you want to go up, you're going to have to go down. I speak to the pastors about this every now and again. If you want to have a motivational speech, the easiest material you can ever have is the Bible. There are so many promises. There is so much that God has provided for us. There is an incredible amount of material. You can do a great motivational speech on things. The thing about it is motivation is good and motivation has its place. Motivation might be able to present and and portray for us a vision of what it is that God wants to do. The thing about it is it's the house and the construction. The thing is it's not just about the motivation. It's what does the word want to do in your life? Because what the word does in your life is what establishes the foundation. The reason that we struggle so often is because I'm taking the word of God and I'm taking the promises of God and I'm taking the blessings of God and I'm quoting them like this and I'm following the formula that if you take the scripture and you find the scripture and you quote the scripture and you stand it and you believe in it and I'm waiting for things to happen, the problem with it is every time the flood comes in, my house gets knocked over because I don't have a foundation. There's nothing wrong with what you're quoting. The problem with it is it's not established. It's not established. The word is not a get quick rich scheme. It's not quickly. What did I say? Get rich quick. Yeah. It's not fix your problems quickly, case on, happy, and move on. It's about something that touches and affects the very fundamentals of who you are and should change you and transform you and make you a new creation experientially. Why? Because I've got to be a person that's grounded and built on a foundation. It's what's underneath that provides support for what goes up above. And if I don't have what's underneath, I'm struggling in so much of the stuff of God all the time because I'm getting knocked this way because something happens and I'm getting knocked that way because something happens because I don't have any support. I'm getting foundation. I'm going to get a foundation in my life. Because when I get a foundation, I can put some stuff on a foundation. And when I can put some stuff on a foundation, it's going to weather some storms. Time will bring to reality whatever's underneath. Life is full of circumstances and situations and challenges. And life is full of people. And they bring with them all of those. But it's going to put you in a situation where all of a sudden you're going to realize what's underneath. I'm not interested in what you say out of your mouth. It might be good and it might be right. But have you got a foundation? 
I appreciate the fact that you go to church. I love the fact that you drive to work every day singing your praise and worship music. It's wonderful. But have you got a foundation? Have you got a foundation? Foundations. You have to just tell me when the time is up because it's still nine o'clock. I haven't done a single thing yet. (laughs) Foundations don't just happen. Foundations take time. If you've ever built a house, the most frustrating part of building a house is the foundations. It seems to take forever. And you just want to say, can somebody build something out there? They're busy on the foundations. They're digging down. They're sticking stuff in. They're getting all the rebar put in. They're getting the the cement trucks in. They're They're building the foundation. People are impatient with foundations because we want to see the structure. We live in a, a society where everything needs to be instant, where everything needs to be immediate, including my Christianity. And God says, you know what? There's a thing called process. And I'm going to introduce you to what it is to get established in a foundation. The problem with it is so much of the church hasn't got time for foundations because it's not immediate. Give me the principles. Give me three points and a poem to being a successful Christian. And we're unhappy and we're disgruntled and we feel disenfranchised and we feel cheated and we're not successful and we're unhappy in our Christianity and we're wondering why. Because I can't get immediacy in the context of God's economy. God doesn't work that way. God is going to build it from the foundation up. He's going to start at grassroots level and he's going to do some stuff in our life so that he moves us so we know what it is to live as an overcomer. So we know what it is to live victoriously. Not because it's a concept, because it's something that defines who I am. He's talking about building a house. When Jesus is talking about building a house, he's talking about building a life. What he's saying to you is, I want to speak to you today. Understand the context of, of this, these few verses. This is the Sermon on the Mount. This is probably the greatest preacher, uh, uh, sermon. It's coming to me. It's coming. Sermon. <laughs> it's probably the greatest sermon ever preached. It's part of, the, part of the Sermon on the Mount. That just gives you context. Jesus is saying something of consequence He's teaching about something of consequence and he's talking about how we build our life. It's in that context where he makes an interesting statement and it becomes something that should jar us a little bit. What he says is this, people like listening more than they like doing. People like listening more than they like doing. I love to hear the word of God. I can get excited about the word of God. But what are you doing with the word of God? And what he wants us to do with it sometimes is a little different to what we think we're going to do with it, which I'll touch on in a minute. The point about it is this. What you hear doesn't build the house. It's what you do that builds the house. Hearing it is not going to build your life. 
It may be put you in a place where it swells your head and it might put you in a place where you can quote scripture and it might put you in a place where in your local church you look really good because you have all of this stuff at your disposal and you can quote it and you can speak about it and people look at you as being the most spiritual person around. The question is, how is your foundation? How is your foundation? It's doing that builds the house. And when he speaks about doing, what he's saying is, I need for you to understand that when I speak about doing a, a, becoming a doer of the word, I'm introducing you actively to something called process. I'm introducing you to process. When process has had its complete work on the inside of us, how will we know it? It's because who I am and the way that I behave becomes a reflection of the word. When he speaks something into your life, you know that your life is established on the rock when the way that I think immediately goes back to the word. When the way that I speak goes back to the word. When my behavior is defined by the word. When I move to that place and it becomes a natural disposition to me, I find my life is established on the rock. What gets our lives established on the rock is discipline in process. Discipline through process. You see, God is going to begin to do some stuff and it, when he starts to move in our life, he's going to begin to shuff, shuffle some things around and interrogate some stuff in your life. It's called process. Process is starting to happen. The thing about it is discipline will leave you connected to that. Discipline will leave you at a place where you committed to it when you naturally want to just run away from it. I don't like all of this turbulence that's happening on the inside of it. I don't like all this shuffling that's happening on the, re- on the inside of it. The thing about it is a process becomes really important because when I step into process, I'm going to learn some things about God that I didn't know. I'm going to discover some aspects about his love and how he demonstrates his love to me in ways that I didn't know. I'm going to recognize his grace and how his grace manifests itself and begins to touch and change me in ways that I didn't know. I'm going to walk into aspects of realizing who he is and what he's all about in ways that I didn't always know. It's not only going to give us an opportunity to learn about him, but we're going to discover some stuff about ourselves. We think we so easily can partner with God until the word comes in. You don't have to walk around with your, pul- with your finger on your pulse, sitting thinking, is this right? Is this wrong? Should I do it? Shouldn't I do it? You don't have to do anything. Just live. The Holy Spirit and the word will do some stuff in your life. And if he wants to make some stuff apparent to you, it'll come to the surface. You don't have to worry about it. You spend time with him and what will end up happening is the word will bring some stuff to the surface in your life and you'll begin to see some stuff and you'll be like, I didn't realize that. There's some things that got caught in the filter of my life that are still affecting me, that are influencing who I am and my disposition to things and they've been sitting there for a period of time. In fact, they've been there for so long I didn't even know that they were there. But when the word and the Holy Spirit got in there, all of a sudden the stuff started to come to the top and now he's saying to you, here we are, it's at the surface. 
So what are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with it? Revelation is important because when we talk about revelation, it's in the context of when we get into that intimate space with the, the Holy Spirit. But when we talk about revelation, we often view it from one perspective. We view it from the Holy Spirit taking the word and opening up the word to us, which is true. It's right. But what I'm proposing to you is this. Revelation is not one-dimensional. Revelation is not only revealing the word to you. Revelation is also about revealing yourself to you. The Holy Spirit is going to get some stuff on the inside of who you are that you might even be shocked at what comes out. But the point of it is, he's there to reveal it to you. Why? Because I want you to build it from the ground up. You've got some stuff that's sitting in the way that we can't build on. And so I'm going to bring it to the surface so we can deal with it. He's building our lives from the ground up. Why? So that we can grab a hold of what he has available for us. The point of it is, if you want to inherit it, you've got to be ready for it. In God's, in God's mercy, he can do whatever he wants. I'm talking about Christian lifestyle. Christian lifestyle, that which defines us, should take us to a place where God is doing something and building our life so that we get to that place where he's built it in us. There's an interesting verse. I'm not sure which one it is. Um, it says, it's, he's talking about hearers and doers. And he's trying to show the difference. And he says, he speaks about the man building the house who dug deep and laid the foundation. The man who dug deep and laid the foundation. I used to think that this text was all about the man who built on the rock and the man who built on the soil. But it's actually not. What he's saying is, both men were given exactly the same constitution to build on. Consistency. Both of them were given soil. But one man prioritized foundation And because he prioritized foundation, he dug deep. What it's saying is this. If you want to be a doer of the word, you're going to have to be a digger of dirt. A doer of the word is a digger of dirt. What God is saying is, I know who you used to be, but you know what? There is no place in my economy for you just to take the word of God and add it to your life. I want to live the way I've always been living, behave the way I've always been behaving, carry on the way that I've always been, think and believe and all the rest, and all I want to do is add the word of God to my life. And God says, no, that's not the way that it's going to be. I need for you to become a digger of dirt. I want you to become a doer of the word. I'm interested in who you are becoming, and I have a plan and a purpose for your life. And I need for you to become who it is that I've called you to be in order so that you can step into that. You need to become a person who is a doer, a digger of dirt. Every time the Holy Spirit comes into your life and you spend some time with him and he gives you a word, the first thing that the word is going to do, it's going to introduce you to process. 
And process is going to start off by sitting saying, let's have a look at your life and all the aspects of your life that are loose and not solid. Because everything that is loose and not solid is going to go. You're going to become a digger of dirt. You're going to look at your life in the context of the Holy Spirit and he's going to bring some stuff in and he's going to say to you, what are we going to do with this right now? I've become a digger of dirt. I'm not building my life on the things that I thought I could build them on anymore. What I've recognized is I've got to dig through some dirt to get to the rock. I'm making a decision to sit and say, I can't build my life on the things that used to exist I'm getting rid of that stuff that's not solid so that I can get down to foundation. And you may have to keep digging till you get there. In different areas of our life, more, some of us have got more issues than in others. Welcome to life. My history polluted me. It put some stuff in there. When God starts to move and we enter into process, it's not a very comfortable feeling and it's not very settling because all of a sudden, the things that I used to lay hold to, the things that made me comfortable, the things that made me feel as though I was solid and secure, all of a sudden those things start to wobble a little bit. And I feel as though my, my life is shaking a little bit. And I feel a little bit uncomfortable because the ground isn't the way that it used to, to be. And it's not a bad thing because I'm in process. He's doing something with me. I'm going to discover some stuff about my history and my background and even my church life that might shock you. I do these kinds of things because my parents did them and our church does it and that's the way we do it. I take this stuff and I run with the things of God and I try really hard to please him because it's something that's important to me. You've just stepped into tradition. You're trying to please him. You're trying to do some stuff in your strength. And all of a sudden, you don't understand why things aren't working out. And what he's saying is, it's because there's no room for me. You're trying to work so hard. The problem with it is, the traditions of man make the word of God of none effect. Dig it out. It's not solid. We're going to have to get comfortable with the fact that whatever church you grew up in and whatever church life you may have, you may think it's as perfect as can be. Here is the bombshell it's not. Not only did everything that you learn, and I mean everything, I'm not saying it's wrong, but it's not fully complete. Why? Because we don't have complete revelation. So God is always taking us from glory to glory. Stay open. Not to people's opinions, to the word of God. But don't entrench yourself somewhere because you're going to get stuck. Not only is everything that you learned incomplete, but some of it is just outright wrong. Not only was it outright wrong, people twisted scripture to sell it to you. And you bought it because it looked so good and it sounded so good and it was so religious. And all of a sudden I find myself in a place where I'm busy digging in my life and something, comes, something confronts the traditions of where I've been. I've got a choice to make. You want to try and build on it? You're going to throw it out. Do is dig for dirt. We have misconceptions as to who Jesus is. So many people have a misconception about Jesus. Gentle Jesus, meek and mild, who attends my Christmas party. 
Where's Rafa? <laughs> Dave, can I have another one of these? We have this misconception about Jesus. Let me tell you, if it was gentle Jesus, meek and mild, I want you to know something. It wouldn't have caused such an uproar when he was on the earth. He unsettled everybody. And especially the religious establishment. They were the ones who were in more uproar and more turmoil than anybody else. The thing about it is this. Thank you. The point about it is this. Jesus loves you. And because he loves you so much, he's not going to leave you where you are. Because anytime you live your life outside of truth, you're going down a bad path. I don't let my kids eat whatever they want as much as they want and pure junk because I know, give it six months and you're going to put on a whole bunch of weight, your teeth are going to be rotten, you're going to be unhealthy, you're going to be unfit, you're not going to be in, but I can't sit and say, well, that's just because I love you. Truth, love without truth becomes an indulgence. We have this misconception about who Jesus is. Well, we just need to be accepting of everybody and love everybody. And it's, also, it's all about inclusivity. And they're teaching it from the platform. Jesus loves everybody, but he doesn't embrace every idea about life. He stands on truth. Why? Because you embrace certain things that are outside of truth and you're going to take your life down a different road. While you're digging, you might discover some stuff. In the dirt, I'm going to discover some things that I can't build on. Because I thought Jesus wanted this, only to discover that really he didn't. I did. You're going to come face to face with some unbeliefs. I don't believe that God wants to prosper me. You're going to have a hard time when he's trying to put something into your life. What is the point? The point is, the reason that we're digging in the dirt is because God is sitting saying, you know what? I'm trying to get a house that is built from the ground up. I'm trying to get a house that is in unity, not a house divided against itself. The challenge with it is, all of the stuff that I'm finding in the dirt is stuff that is going against what he's trying to do in my life. It's going against the blessing that he's trying to introduce me to. It's going against the fact that he's trying to move me into a future that he's planned and designed for me. But I've got a whole bunch of stuff fighting against it. What he's saying is, the only way that I can get you to become a house that's undivided is by introducing you to truth. And allowing that truth to saturate your life and bring some stuff to the surface that you can throw out. Why? Because I'm coming to a place where he and I are in unity and we're in agreement and we see things the same way and we feel the same way and our approach to life is the same. Be careful about the rebel within. In your digging, you're going to discover the rebel. You know what the rebel is? The rebel is my flesh. The rebel says, I know what I should be doing, but I don't feel like it. The rebel says, I know what's right, but you will always know the rebel by his language. He is a persistent user of the word, but. He will quote you the truth, but. What is he saying? He's saying, I know what I should be doing, but this is why I'm not going to do it. You're going to discover as you're a doer of the word and you're digging out the dirt, you're going to come face to face with the rebel.
And you're going to have to make a choice about what you want to do. Don't try and convert the rebel. Don't try and preach the gospel to him. Jesus took care of the rebel 2,000 years ago. He died on the cross with Christ. He is dead. There's no resurrecting that. Don't preach to it. Don't try and get it converted. Don't try and do anything. The rebel comes out. God is doing some stuff in our life and he's changing who we are so that he can bring us to the place that we're a house unified in who he is so that I understand what his purpose and what his promise is. And so when I walk into circumstances and situations, what comes out of my mouth is the word of God. The expectation and the confidence on the inside of me is everything that's been defined by the word of God because I'm living in that place where I'm a doer of the word and not a hero. The school of doing is going to teach us that there are no shortcuts. The school of doing is going to teach us that there are no shortcuts. We live in such an instant society. The challenge that we have is we've lost an appreciation for process. Everything needs to be immediate. Everything needs to be instantaneous. Something happens when parents become grandparents. My life when my mom was a parent was very different to who she is as a grandparent. (laughs) When we grew up, things were not always easy. And we didn't get what we wanted whenever we wanted We had to wait for some stuff. We had to wait on some things. We went and we did some work and we earned some money to get some stuff. Things were not always easy. But we became really smart when we became parents. And so what we decided to do was we decided that our kids shouldn't have the same struggles that we had. We were going to make their life easier. And the challenge is, we did stuff in their lives that we should never have done. You see, we never recognized the value of the challenge. It's in the challenge that it's going to place a demand on your discipline. And if you're not growing up with discipline, the problem with it is you don't understand process, you don't understand discipline, so we created a whole generation of people who are building houses with no foundation. I want it now. I'm not getting an entry-level position. Have you seen my degree? This is the kind of money I'm expecting. Why? Because I didn't understand and go through process. I didn't have built into me an appreciation for discipline. It becomes problematic because when I move into the kingdom of God, God is all about process. God is all about discipline. You don't need to provide. You don't need to do it. You don't need to do the work. He has done everything for you. But what he is looking for is, can you be disciplined? Can you be disciplined when I'm working with you and doing some stuff in your life to take you to where I want you to be so that you become an expression of the word?
James chapter 1 verse 22 says, Be doers of the word, not hearers only. Where we go with God becomes our choice. We decide what we want to do with him. You see, both men were in exactly the same situation. I used to think the difference between the men was that one man built on rock and the other built on soil. But that wasn't the difference. Both men found themselves on a soil foundation. What made the difference was one was prepared to embrace preparation and the other wasn't. One was prepared to sit and say, you know what? I've got to dig down. I've got to prepare because I'm looking forward to what's going to be built up above. If you go to Rome, one of the most wonderful buildings in Rome is the Colosseum. And when you walk into the Colosseum, you look at it and it's big and it's grand and it's full of all kinds and it's wonderful. And people look at it and they check this out and this is the floor where it used to open and blah, 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 blah. And you love the Colosseum and the Colosseum is great. Everybody loves to go and see the Colosseum when you're in Rome. But nobody ever asked to go and see foundations. The thing about our house is everybody sees what's up above ground. Nobody sees what's below. The thing about it is, when Christianity, we have to come to a place where we prepare to work in those places that nobody else sees. We want to work on all of those places that are high visibility. We want to walk into church and we want to be able to quote the scripture and we like for, for people to look at me and think, oh, he's really good and he's really scriptural and he's really spiritual and I look up to him. Storm's coming. Storm's coming. This is just be our secret, okay, because we're here. I've been shocked. And I don't use that word lightly. I know I use it now and again, but it's not light. I've been shocked. Hey, people, over the last few months, because the world is in turmoil and stuff is happening. And there's all kinds of political stuff and there's all kinds of racial stuff and there's all kinds of COVID stuff and there's all kinds of stuff going on all over the place. And what came out of people was eye-opening. And some people I least expected it from. The storm is coming. It doesn't matter what you look like in church. What it looks like is, is your foundation established. This is irrelevant. Facades are irrelevant. Authenticity is what it's about. You see, when you get authentic, you'll be shocked at how many other people suddenly start to get authentic. And you'll think, (gasps) Really? Them? It's okay. Because it's part of the journey. It's part of the process. Welcome to humanity. God loves us despite us. The point that he's making is this. Don't work towards a place where it's very easy to take the things of the kingdom and portray them unless they're established. I'm interested in what my word is doing in your life to get you grounded and get you established. Because that is a healthy place. Because stuff is going to come. And when it does... It doesn't matter what it looks like up above. The fact of the matter is, did you stand? The test is not the storm. The test is, did you stand? 
as we move ahead with God. His word, his written word, and the living word are fundamental to everything. And he's always going to introduce that to our life. Trust the word and the Holy Spirit in those situations. Trust them in your life. Become a person who is disciplined and committed to process. Father, I want to thank you for what you're building in me. And you know what? It might not be something that right at the moment is big and extravagant and ornate and everybody's looking at it and ooing and aahing and wowing. But I want to thank you that you're digging deep foundations. I thank you that you're doing great things in my life. And because they're so solid and because they're so deep, they're putting me at a place where I can build something substantial on it. I want to thank you, Father, that I can partner with you so that I can understand what it is you're doing. I'm not trying to do this in my own work. I want to thank you for your provision. I want to thank you for grace. I want to thank you that your love sees me through the entire process. And because you love me so much, you will never leave me where I am. Because you're a good father to me, you always take and affirm those things on the inside of me that reflect the truth of who you are. And those things that are a little bit out of kilter, I'll invite you, Holy Spirit, to come into my life and dislodge that stuff and bring it to the surface so we can deal with it. I'm committed to being a doer, and so I'm digging in dirt. And I'm prepared to sit and say, I'm going to dig in this dirt until I hit grog. I'm digging down here until I get to the place where I hit the base of where it is that you are. That is what I can build my life on. I thank you, Father, for incredible people. I thank you for world changes. I thank you for people that touch and affect every person in the sphere of influence of their lives. I want to thank you for what you're doing in their lives. I thank you that you love us so much. You never leave us who we used to be, but you're always working with us and touching us and changing us. I want to thank you that in our marriages and in our raising of our kids, in our work relationships, you're bringing things to the surface. Let us not ignore those things, Holy Spirit, but let, me invi- let us invite you in to bring us to a place where when we recognize something, we're quick to repent of that and step back into your design. I thank you for blessing this week. I thank you for protection. I thank you for favor. Just before we leave, I want to extend an invitation to people. If there are challenges that you're going through and life seems hard, if you feel as though you can't see any way out of situations, come up to the end so that people can pray for you. You may not be able to see it right now, but I tell you, he has a plan and a purpose for your life. 
And the prayer will be that he opens the eyes of your understanding so that you begin to see from his perspective. And you're introduced to his leading and his guidance. Take you out of the valley. Have a blessed week.